Welcome to the All Sports Best Podcast. Turn up the volume because it's time for your favorite sports show. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Sports Best, the podcast. Trey Gonzalez here on the mic, and I'm here with a very special guest, boxer out of Wyandanche, New York, Terrell Bostic. Terrell, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm just riding with my kids, chilling, going to pick up some medicine. There you go. There you go. All right, so 5'8", lightweight class. You're 4-1. Dude, you've got it going on right now, and your next fight's July 1st, so we got a lot of stuff to cover. But right now, I kind of wanted to start off with why Why did you choose boxing? Why did you go in this career path so far? I didn't know that I wanted to box, but I knew I wanted to box. If that makes any sense, like I'll yeah. always be fighting while I was in school. Mm. And then when I was in college, like I had this kid. I forgot his name, but like he used to always like show me like fight videos and stuff. So we used to always argue about Floyd and other fighters. So one day, like I had drove past the gym, so I had just went in there to see how much was it to sign up. So when I finally told me the price, I went in and I kept going, kept going, and like I literally just not never stopped going. Wow! And that was it from there. And then after that, like I like. I, my first semester of college, I um I, I passed with flying colors. Like, I mean, like, A+. Plus. Like, I caught a, 100 on the math final. I've never did that all my years of school. Dang. I called everybody in my phone book. So the <laughs> next semester, the grades went down because, like, I would literally be in class, like, watching fight videos of, like, Floyd really? and stuff. So it was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the gamble on this one, and I'm going to dedicate myself to boxing and I'm gonna see where it takes it. Somebody told me too, give if I give boxing ten years of my life, then uh, boxing will give me everything that I wanted. Really? Yeah. Do you feel like that's true so far? Yes. I'm gonna be honest with you, yes. That's it's good. not not exactly what I wanted so far, but I feel like it's coming. Right, right. Yeah, and you gotta be hopeful of course. The mindset's huge. I would say that like one of the things that I wanted to really hear about your story first off is your nickname the problem child tell me about how that nickname came about and like what what, what went into the development of that sticking the, the problem child came from uh, two reasons it came from uh, the first reason was um like um I would always fight and they would always announce me the wrong name like for some reason the announcer would announce me the wrong name like okay. I don't even know why but then my friend uh, Ty, his name is Tyrone James. He fight on the same car. They call him the Jackpot. We came up in the amateurs together. So, like, mm. you will always see me fight. And then, uh, like, we was backstage one day, and then he was like, yo, man, you need a nickname, bro. Like, so I told him, I was like, I don't want no nickname. My name is my name. And that's <laughs> what I'm going to stick to. Right. So he was like, he said, so he was like, nah, man, I, I'm, I'm going to think of one. So later on that night, he hit me up, and he was like, he was naming like dumb names, and I'm like, man, I, that's gonna be a no for me, dog. But then he, when he said the, he said the problem. No, first he said the problem. I'm like, nah, Adrian Brown already got that. Right. And he was like, he was like, ah, oh, you making this like, difficult? Really a problem? Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, he was, like, I'm gonna just call you the problem child. So then when he said it, I thought about my mom's, cause when I grew up, like she literally used to say that, I, like, cause I always would be in trouble, like school. 
I would be in trouble, not grade-wise, <laughs> but just always getting in trouble, always getting written up, always getting ISS, never had a successful parent-teacher conference. Ah. And she used to always say that to me, like, why are you such a problem child? Like, I don't get it. But, like, when, she, when he said it, it stuck to me. And I literally called her that night, and I'm like, Mom, this is the nickname, nickname somebody gave me. What you think about it? And she just started laughing. And just I resonated. just ran with it from there. Yeah, and I just ran with it from there, and then I guess everybody liked it. Okay, so four and one with three knockouts. I got to know about your strategy boxing. Now, I don't want any secrets so that somebody listening to this that's going to be your next opponent or maybe one down the road might listen to this and get some secrets. But what I'm talking about is like what is it that if I were to watch you box for the first time, what would I expect to see? I'm, I'm everything, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I usually, like, for real, I, that's how um, me and the kid, that was undefeated. We almost forgot to win because I asked him. He said something to me, so I asked him. I said, how you want it? Because I feel like I can give it to anybody how they want it. I can box you. I can outthink you. I can brawl. Mm. I can fight inside. It's, it's however I, how, whatever my corner tell me to do, that's how we're going to approach it, and that's how we're going to take the fight. So you feel comfortable I was, with I, anything? I, 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 was, I was blessed to, I was blessed to not, not one-dimensional. Right. So I got to thank God for that. But well, it's however you want it. However my corner tell me to fight you, that's how you're going to get it. And I can switch it, too, but in the middle. That's that's the great part about it. Like, some people get stuck in one phase. Yeah. So I, switch. Like, I can switch. Like, I can go four rounds boxing you, and then I can beat your chest. And then the next round, I can go back to boxing. And then you be like, what the hell? <laughs> so tell me, with that being said, man, who do you look up to and see and go, that dude is the baddest boxer I know? When I first started, no, I'm gonna be honest. He's still my boxer of all time. It was Roy Jones. Okay, I used to watch his highlights. Like I, I would literally watch his fights before I had to go fight. Like, at school. oh <laughs> I would really? Watch his fights first. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so how many but fights today, did you get in at school? I'm, I'm. We got to go back all the way to elementary school. I'm talking like probably. More than thirty. Really? Do you know your That's record? Being completely honest, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be honest. I only lost like probably two times. I want to know about your mindset when you go into a boxing match. There's always different types of you know demeanors and mindsets and stuff that goes into it. Some people are killer instinct. I want to hit them until they're down, right? Uh, some people, it's it's strategy, it's technique, and you said that you can box in any way, shape, or form, but when you go into a match, what is going through your head? Like, do you put things into your head to relax, or do you put things to go be aggressive or pace yourself? Like, what streams through your head that helps you to be the most successful you can be? That night? Yes. I um Like, before I actually get in the ring, I, I do – it's not techniques, I just – I just pace my breathing so I can stay relaxed, keep my heart rate at a certain pace. And then, like, like when I'm in an actual ring and, and, and announcing my name, you you might have to bleep this part out. But I just say, like, I look at him. I'm looking at you the whole time, and I'm just like, you, you cannot do it. Mm-hmm. I can't. And then I keep repeating it over and over in my head. Like, when I go to the corner, I say to myself, too, I'm an A-class fighter. He's a C-class fighter. But I'm saying it in right. my head, not out loud, but I'm saying it over and over and over again. And then you'll see it gradually worse and worse and worse for him, not for me. Right, right. No, that makes sense. And I had this, 
I had this one kid, Grusin uh, Yancey, who came from the gate trying to take my head off. But I, mm-hmm. I, I knew him down to the last round, and he like he his gas thing hit a E, and I just started working. But this this time I did it a little different. Oh. I paced the first two rounds. I said in the beginning before I went into the fight. I said I said I'm gonna pace myself because if I think he's gonna fight the same way we fought the first time, he's and he did. Mm. I paced myself, but I kept sticking stiff like stiff punches to his body, only only to his body. And then by the end of the second round, he was like, "Gas!" I went to the corner and he said, "Look," he said, "Look across the look across the ring. He's dead tired. Mm-hmm. Get him out of here." Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So you gotta. You, okay, so you approach everything differently, which is cool. And I like the fact that you said you pace your your breathing because a lot of people will take anxiety or even nerves or maybe just like the moment and, and use it and, and kind of make it negative and, and they kind of they kind of let it overwhelm them. But you use it to kind of like fuel you towards your towards your fight, right? Yeah. What would you say is the toughest part of training? Running. Running. No, yeah, running. Once that's out the way, it's like, Jesus Christ, thank God. And it's crazy because <laughs> you you need to run, but the way I run is it's like a high pace, like I do it fast, so it's like tight, fast. Right. But after I, after that run, it's like it's like everything else is everything else is easy, but to me, it's running. Running is the hard part. Even when I go swimming, that's out of control. Like oh, you wouldn't yeah. even think swimming to do that to you. So it's all about that cardio for you. That's what you dread the most. Yeah, I think that's special talent. Yeah. Besides being everybody saying I'm gifted and um, naturally talented, I think me, I think me being in stamina. I mean, I said stamina and shape is is my gift. Being able to outlast you, that's my gift to me. How big of a part does your gear play in in how well you're able to train and how well you're able to perform, including your um, like your footwear to your trunks to your mouthpiece? Like, do all of those are all of those planned out specifically to make sure you are the best you can be? As the years go on, I'm starting to get like I would wear the shoes so they had holes. My running shoes, I would run in them so they had holes in them. And I would put duct tape around it and keep running because I'm like, man, I'm not worried about looking fancy or nothing. Right. I'm just, I want to put the work in and I want to go out there and win. That's all I was worried about. But now it's like, I'm getting older. You got to put yourself better stuff. But I was going to find the thing so you can take care of yourself. Like your feet, you need them. What if I, I got a hold of my shoe and then I'm running and I stuck on glass? Right. I wasn't yeah. thinking about that. Now yeah. I go to the gym. I got. I go buy some cheap gloves. I go to the gym. I beat my hand punching. You gotta. You gotta think about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that before. So okay. So obviously, like you said, gear does play a big part. And then as you get older and as you get more experience, you realize the sponsorships and stuff like that can actually really help you wow. for your health and all that stuff as well. Um, I got to know this because I know that, you know, you see it on TV, you watch movies and stuff, and you're thinking about boxing, and there's different sides to it. One, it's the entertainment piece, right? For you, it's about training, winning, 
uh, being successful. But some people have seen things like the McGregor versus Mayweather fight and thought, is it really what we're seeing? Have you, and I, I, this might be touchy, I hope it's not, have you ever seen or heard of any matches that you've been around that are fixed? No, I don't think they was. I don't think they fixed. A couple matches I've seen, and I was just looking like, yo, whoever his matchmaker is, like, I need to hire him. Because <laughs> it, it, it all depends on the matchmakers. Like, they, they, their job is to find a to build their fighter. Like, say I'm signed to somebody, his job is to move you along so you can get a chance to get fight for a belt. So he's gonna find in the beginning, in the beginning stages, like it, you're not ranked. Right. In the beginning stages, his he's gonna go find the most person he can find with a record that's horrible. You touch him, he's falling over. So soon as so soon as they get in the ring, they're looking like, oh, he's definitely about to die. Then he get hit <laughs> with that knockout punch, and he looks like he's dead. And you're like. How is this even allowed? Like, how did they allow this? Oh, okay. That's crazy. I, I guess I didn't really think about that that way. I mean, to me, if I was one of those guys that it was a clear softball serve up, I, I would just probably stop. I would probably stop boxing because I know, like, okay. It's crazy on their behalf because when you look at the records, you'd be like, yo, why are they still fighting? Yeah. But some of them Weird. really just do Some of them just come just to get a check and go home. Mm. Okay, so they're kind of like the fall guy. All right, so I wanted to get into your story. Terrell, you've got a really good story. I wanted to hear all about it. Um, you took a two-year hiatus from from boxing to take care of things, and I want to know more about you. Uh, all right, well, with that, that was on, I wouldn't call it a hiatus. He got suspended. Oh, okay. Yeah, what happened was was um like I had just fought. I had fought on March. I fought March seventeenth. I beat the kid. Um, getting they called me back. They said they want me to fight again June seventeenth. So you know I'm amped. I'm getting ready. Come down to it. It's the week left. It's a week right. Before, it's the week of the weigh-in. As a matter of fact, it's a week of the weigh-in in a fight. I get a phone call. Um, they told me that I can't box no more. That I should just hang it up, stuff like that. So I'm acting like, really? why? Yeah, pretty, yeah, not pretty much. That's exactly what happened. And I'm in a call with my coach. I'm we we riding home from the gym, so it's on speaker. So he's hearing it. So he's looking at me. We both got the same head. Like, what? Is, like, what is going on? So I asked him, like, yo, can you like tell me why am I being suspended? Yeah, indefinitely. So he was like, uh, we um. Like we get closer to the fight, so they was looking at your MRI. They they found uh, I'm asking like, cause I've never heard of it before. I'm asking like, what is white matter? He said white matter is is a uh, early stage of brain damage, <clears throat> and it shouldn't have been seen like on somebody's somebody's MRI of my age. It's usually found on like it's it's a white spot, like a white matter spot. So I was suspended, and then they told. They they separately called my coach and told him to like don't even have me in the gym training. No sparring, no training, nothing. Like I should just be home. They made it they made it like if a fly landed on my head, I was gonna die. Wow. So for a whole month I was 
like I, I went to the gym the next week and then my trainer was like, yo, and I can't let you, are you kidding me? So I went home for a whole month, just sitting home doing nothing, like just waking up, going to work. And I'm just looking like, yo, this can't be life. Like I feel pointless right now. Like not, not no suicidal crap, but just, yeah. I just felt like useless, like pointless. Like I had no purpose on this earth. So then one day I was just chilling with my kids and playing a game. And then like I don't know what got over me, but like something just got over me. And I just I just got up and I went running for almost two hours. I ran for almost two hours and then the next day Dang. Yeah, the next day I went to the gym and my coach was like, Yo, what are you doing here? So I'm like, yo, I'm not I'm not the, I'm not about to just give up my dream like just like not even my dream i'm not about to just give up my life like this is my life mm-hmm. i'm not about to just give it up just like that like, i'm not going down without a fight so after that like i um after i left to the gym after i left the gym that night the next day during the morning i, I called i called i called about eight neurologists and I, I had an appointment with all eight of them on separate like times because you know they usually schedule like one month apart so nice. I went to each of them. They all looked at the results, and then they all made me do different MRIs. So they was they all said the same thing. Like it, it, it's kind of it's, it's like what like what they suspend you for is kind of true. But and so when I once I heard like the but, that's like I was like yeah, so so little hope like I that that hope it it, it was there. So I'm like yes, he said but. So when he said but, he was like. He was like, we don't know where it came from. We don't know where it came from. We don't know if that was there before you even started boxing. Mind you, I had three fights in before they actually suspended me. So one of the one of the neurologists made another case with me. He was like, if I was you, I would fight it, brother. He's like, he's like, what? That's like me. He said, I do. I I work on people's brains. He said, what if I had like shaky hands or something? But I knew it was a way to. Improve it or prevent it. Yeah. What if? How would I? How would I have felt if somebody would have just told me, "No, you can't be a neurologist no more. Just go home and find something else to do." I'd be able to explain that to my kids. So when I when he said that, I'm like, that just like like fueled me even more. Like, you know what? You were absolutely right. So I called the New York State Athletic Commission. I kept I was calling them every day, like every single day. Mm-hmm. So they was getting I know they was getting tired of me because I was calling they know my name by heart now. Like when I go to fix, they know me by heart. So I was calling them every day. And I was like sending them different MRIs. I was getting um what's the word I'm looking for? Um dang, it's a letter. It's a letter like saying like I'm authorized to fight. I got that type of letter from four different neurologists. Four different neurologists. So I sent them all to the New York State Athletic Commission. He denied me again. Dang. So he said he was gonna call me. This is now this is like this is like probably four or five months down a down the line. So he called me. He said, You know what? I wanna talk to you on the phone about it because I don't think you're aware like how serious this is. So I'm telling him, like, I'm telling him, like, yo, I'm, like, I'm aware, I'm fully aware of it right now. So he called me, he told me, uh, like, what, what what can happen down, later on down the line. Mm. That's if it can happen. He's not saying it's a guarantee. He, he said he doesn't even know if it's a guarantee. 
but he just want to prevent it before anything happens. So I told him, I said, yo, man, I kind of stole what the neurologist said to me, and I kind of, like, flipped it, but it made more sense. Because right. I told him, I said, yo, you you saying this to me, I said, how am I supposed to go home and explain this to my kids? I said, well, how can I explain to them if they come to me and they're playing the sport or they're doing something that they're good at and they're like, and they tell me, daddy, I don't want to do it no more. I said, how can I sit there and tell them, don't quit? Yeah. I wouldn't even feel comfortable doing that because I'm a liar. So then I, I kept telling him, like, I, I, I was, I was really like trying to punch him in his brain to like get him to understand, like to give me another chance. So he said like right before the phone and then he took a deep breath. He's like, yo man, you're really killing me. He's like, He's like, I can tell, like, you're a good guy. And I can tell, like, from the months that you really learned a lot about this. And he's like, he took another deep breath. He said, you know what? I'm going to give you one more chance. He didn't mm. clear me. He said, I'm going to give you one more chance. He said, I want you to go and see a neuropsychologist. And I want you to get a, um, a neurocognitive ex- evaluation. And based on the results of that test, that's going to determine if you're allowed to box again. Okay. Now, I'm on another hunt. So I'm like, damn, how am I going to find one of these dudes? So for the whole next two weeks, I'm on the phone calling people, trying to see if they accept my insurance, trying to see how much it is. Right. Every place I called, the cost of the exam was $6,000. There's two exams. There's the, the full one, and then there's like the base one. That one was like 2000 So I, I found one place in Deer Park. I called them. me to come in. He didn't even, like, he didn't say nothing. He just said, come in. He, mm-hmm. asked, he just sat down in the room. He said, I want you to explain to me, like, everything that's going on right now. So I told him everything that was going on. And then after I told him, he looked at me. He said, yo, you, like, I can tell you, buddy, like, you're determined. Like, you won't look won't stop you won't take no for an answer I, I told him i said you got damn right i'm not <clears throat> so he he said to me he said listen this is what i'm going to do for you i'm going to give you the full the full evaluation and i'm only going to charge you a thousand dollars so i'm like wow thank god i didn't i didn't have the money but i was going to find a way to get that money but i i ended up getting it i i was asking like my mom's I was asking close friends, like people that um, sponsored me, like for my last fight, I asked two of them and they ended up giving me a large amount and then we all pieced everything together. And I, and I told my manager at my job, so she like, she gave me extra hours to like to work at my job. So that, that helped. Yeah. Then I went there and that, that whole thing was a whole six weeks. I had to go, I had to go twice a week for six weeks straight. Dang. Yeah, and you would think it was just like, I don't even, I didn't even know what type of exam it was going to be, but it was like, it was stuff where, like, one of the questions, one of the, one of the parts of the exam, one of the parts of the exam, I was thinking in my head, like, yeah, I'm definitely going to fail this one, like, he's wilding. He, he, he sat me in a room, right? Yeah. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say some words to you, and I want to, want you to repeat them back to me. So I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, this is easy. He probably just gonna ask me like three, four words, and I repeat him back. He probably gonna ask me to repeat him backwards. Mm. It's easy. Dude asked me about fifteen to twenty words. Oh my gosh. 
15 to 20 words. And he kept telling me, take your time. It's not a race. Take your time. I probably got about 10 to 12 of them other words. Then he did the, the, the next day or that, um, or that week, he said, this is another part of the exam. He said, I'm going to give you a list of words. And I'm going to repeat it. I'm going to say them to you. And then when you come back the next time, you're going to repeat them to me. Wow. So I'm thinking in my head, like, yo, like, are you here to help me? Or like, what's up, man? Yeah, these are what's hard. This is hard. <laughs> yeah. So I, I told him, I'm like, even in school, I'm like, that's why I did bad on a, on a document-based question where they, where they read you the paragraph and then you had to think in your head from the paragraph and write down the answer. Yeah. I'm like, I never did good on that part. So he was like, he was like, just try your best. So I did it. I didn't do too bad like I thought I would do with on the ones where I had to come back. I actually did yeah. good on those, but I think it was because I wrote them down when I got home, and then I kept saying them over and over and over again, over and over again. I probably got 15 out of the 20. There you go. And he was like, oh, that's not bad. Yeah. But then the next week, he did it again to me. He, <laughs> I, I went in there. He said, um, he said, all right. He said, all right, now I'm going um, to give you a list of words, and I want you to repeat them back to me now. So I'm just looking at him like, yo, man, why are you doing this to me? Mm. But it was a, it, it was a whole, it was a whole month, two months worth of different, like, not just questions. I had to do stuff on the computer. I had to do sensory type um, tests. I had to do a lot. I didn't even, I never even, I never even heard of that. But he said that they usually perform those type of exams on football players. Yeah, just to make he sure said, that they're good to go. Right. He said even like he said they usually they're they're mainly performed on um high school football players and college football players. So that determines like how young and healthy and functioning that their brain was. Mm -hmm. So long story short, about two months later two months later, um, I finished the test. I had to wait another two weeks for the result. So that ended up being in a whole three week process of me just waiting, biting my nails every day. Yeah. Waiting. But I was still going to the gym and in this whole like throughout this whole process. Ever since I went that went running that day for almost two hours, I kept going to the gym. And um moral of this story is I, I passed. I passed the test, so I called the New York City Athletic Commission back. I gave him the results and then he called me back an hour later and he said, um, listen to Ralph Bosley. He was like, I know that you're aware and I want you to stay aware, but I would like to welcome you back to being a licensed professional boxer. I almost cried on that phone. Yeah. But the more but the whole more of that story is whatever you're going through, it doesn't matter what. Like there's always a light after the end of that tunnel. You just gotta believe. If you keep believing, if you believe, it, it's gonna happen. Like that. I, that was. It wasn't to that happen where I under. I finally understood the phrase that these people used to always say to me in school: "Believing is achieving." Like I never yeah. knew what they were talking about. I always thought they just say it every morning. But believing is achieving. Like Big if time. You, if you if you put your mind to it and you believe that it's gonna happen, trust me, it's gonna happen. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a great story, man. I mean, it's crazy. They put you through a lot. The boxing, uh, like the commission. But you know what? For you to stick it out and stuff is really, is really something. And I mean, I got to give you props for that for sure. Yeah, that was a whole almost two years worth of sticking Golly. it out. Golly, two years. That's nuts, dude. Of being uh, calling people and they telling you no, no, no. Man, I'm excited to see where all of this takes you. I hope it is. I'm excited to see too because I know for a fact that I I give it I give it two years. I'm either either gonna be in line for a world title or I'm gonna have a world title. There you go. And that's mark my words. Absolutely, can't wait till that happens. And we'll we'll replay this podcast for everybody. Let them know that that you already knew. That's a hundred percent fact. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I I I after that, I knew I was different. I knew I was different from everybody else. Absolutely, Terrell. I wanted to get into a new th- a thing that we do. It's called rapid fire. Um, I'm gonna spit questions your way. You're gonna throw them back at me. All right, favorite food? Desserts like cakes. Shoe brand. The stuff I'm not shoe brand is a mix between Jordan and Nike. What's your go to relaxation method? Playing a game. Favorite video game? Call of Duty. No. Right now I'll say Mortal Kombat. Okay, okay. Uh favorite music artist? I don't have one. Not not today. Okay. But of all time I would say Jay Z. There you go. Uh favorite hobby? Boxing. Favorite item of all time. Probably my phone or the game. <laughs> uh, favorite restaurant, I would say, sheesh. I don't really have one right now. Okay. Let's skip that one. Let's come back to that one. <laughs> favorite anyway. favorite workout? Sad enough, either running or, no, sparring. Sparring. Sparring, sparring. okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite sports drink? Gatorade. Best feeling in boxing? In your hand raised. Biggest inspiration. Biggest inspiration is my kids. Awesome. Awesome. And then we'll go back to it. Favorite restaurant. My favorite restaurant. Damn, I'm still on a torso with this one. Because I've been to a lot. What about favorite New York food? It's either pizza or cheesecake. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you doing rapid fire with us. Um, do you have any last uh, bit of advice for young athletes? I know that you... Talk about persistence, sticking with it, uh, making sure that you are continuing to motivate yourself in your sport or whatever it is that you want to do. What else might you say to to a young kid? Dedicate yourself, man. Dedicate yourself. Do the homework. Study. Stay in shape. If this is what you want to do, don't let nobody tell you no. Don't let nobody tell you you can't. Take can't and won't and no out of your dictionary out of your vocabulary you go a hundred percent until you can't go no more awesome man i really appreciate you um terrell the problem child bostic lightweight boxer out of wine dance new york man thank you so much once again i i really wish you the very best going forward and i can't wait to see you on tv appreciate you brother i can't wait myself Thanks for listening to the All Sports Best Podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and join the conversation. Till next time, this is the All Sports Best Podcast. Ah!